following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. This is a powerful area in your body. This is where your womb is. This is where you create life. This is where you digest your food. This is where so many extremely valuable things and processes are happening in your body. And we don't give our abdomen any credit. We just look at it like, I want this flat. I want no fat on this thing whatsoever. And we don't see any of the good that's happening in our abdomen. This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. You can be guaranteed that your experience is going to be unique and customized to your specific needs. See how they can help you focus on natural beauty enhancements by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Welcome to this week's episode of Two Kids and a Career. And if you've listened to past episodes, you know that I have a little bit of a struggle with, you know, my body and self-image and things like that. And I'm excited. Well, excited and nervous (laughs) to dive into that a little bit with this week's guest. I would like to welcome Ashley Dunwald to Two Kids in a Career. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this discussion today. Oh, me too. Like I said, a little nervous, but I definitely am you've got to tackle things head on. And I know that I have suppressed a lot of that in the past and it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't do any other lady any good to not talk about these things. And that's one of the things that I've been realizing a lot more with this podcast is you just have to have those hard conversations sometimes and you have to just face them. But before we get into that, I want to want to know a little bit more about you, Ashley, and where you're from, your life, all the good stuff. Yeah, sounds good. So I am a Minnesota mom who hates winter. And um, my husband is a police officer who works nights. So kind of my story going into motherhood was... I had an extremely long labor. It was technically over four days, went into five days. My son was born with severe and instant colic. Um, I had this husband who was working 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. for four nights in a row, and I just ended up in this really, really bad place, postpartum with anxiety, depression, PTSD. Now, I did therapy, went on medication, got myself back to a place where I was functioning, but that's where I found life coaching that helped me transform my inner experience without being able to transform those external things that I had no control over, you know, my husband's career and my baby um, and his difficulties with that first year. And that's kind of where I started just to decide I wanted to be a life coach and I wanted to go and help other women transform their relationship with themselves is really what life coaching is all about in order to create the external results that they wanted. So I've talked about this plenty of times on this podcast, and it is that 
I always have different guests on to talk about different things, even if you are in the same arena as other guests, meaning a life coach. And sometimes people will say, well, you've already had a life coach on or, oh, I've already heard from a life coach. I I don't know that I need to listen to this one. Here's the thing. Every single life coach out there offers something different for you. Every single podcaster out there offers something different for you. Every single doctor out there. So if you get what I'm saying here is that Even though you may have heard a past episode with a life coach, it doesn't necessarily mean that it resonated with you. Maybe Ashley is the person that will resonate with you. And specifically, we are talking about something different. So I just wanted to get that out there because sometimes people, you know, you hear a title and you automatically think that that covers all the things that you think that title should go with. But It doesn't. And that's why I want you to continue to listen. Now, with your son, how old is he now? Now he's almost seven. Do you have any other kiddos? No, it's only him, actually. So having a husband that works nights and that is a lot. Yes, that I can't even imagine what that was like for you. But something you said hit me too is like you can't control your husband's schedule. And I will say like right now, my husband, he has a weird schedule. And sometimes that is a source of angst for us. And Mm -hmm. I never – you have to figure out, okay, that is not something I can control. Instead, let's figure out how we can make it work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I do so much of my coaching based off is finding that internal freedom regardless of your circumstances. So another circumstance I have going on that's related is my son has severe food allergies. He's anaphylactic to all dairy to most nuts. He's allergic to eggs. And I think we've done, I think we're on ER trip number seven or eight. I've lost count of the EpiPen usage. (laughs) It's a little pricey endeavor every time we do it. But that is something that I can't control. And yes, other moms, other women, everyone has their own thing that's out of their control that they're dealing with that's challenging and that's difficult. And what I've really started to do is bring in the nervous system and helping regulate our nervous system and helping to become embodied again, helping to have a different relationship with our body because I think we're such a mind and a thought-based society that we've kind of forgotten how much help our own body and our own nervous system can do to help us stay in a place that feels just easier to be in. All right. Well, then let's go there because that is something that I don't think that I have heard any of my past guests specifically talk about, that whole alignment of the nervous system. So Let's get into what I I hesitate, but I know I need to talking about our bodies. Like you, it made me giggle when you said bodies are weird. Learn to love yours in an email that we were exchanging be to set this interview up, and I'm like, 
man, they sure are weird. And can I actually love mine? And that's a really tough thing. So let's go there, Ashley. Yes, I love it. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable about it. I will also just share here, I was a gymnast through college. I had disordered eating. I know for any of you who are struggling, who don't have a loving relationship with yourself, I know how horrible that feels. So um, thank you for, you know, being here and being willing to go into this topic because it can be a very painful one for us. Um, And yes, learning to love your body. Like I always start with neutralizing the body because we have so many ingrained beliefs from society, from our parents and our teachers and athletics and from all, you know, especially social media these days Mm -hmm. about what is a healthy body, what is a beautiful body. And most of those things we use against ourselves. We weaponize those ideas into something that hurts us. Yes. Okay. Let's talk more about that. Like, I, I will say like generation to generation two, I am hopeful that we are going to change that. I am hopeful that we start to instill a different approach. But I I know I've talked about this too, is that, you know, from my parents, that whole time when we were younger, it was like the convenience factor. You know, you had all of these advertising on TV dinners and making life so much easier, which don't get me wrong, that is fantastic. But there was not this, at least from what I remember as a kid, this talk into what you are putting into your body. So there's definitely that component. And then, yes, seeing what you see on TV and especially social media, I think it's getting better. Like I am starting to see more, I don't even think I, it's not full-figured women, it's normal women being advertised for swimsuits and things like that, which that is a big thing for me. Like when I see someone who looks like me in a commercial or in an advertisement on social media, I am more apt to click on that and, and learn more about that. Yes. And I agree. I love that we are seeing normal, beautiful, gorgeous bodies out here and not these edited bodies and not these bodies that women are having to go to unhealthy lengths to maintain whatever size that was. Um, I also do think we potentially have swung a little bit too far on the other side of the spectrum where it went from convenience and ease And now there's this almost religious level of intensity around healthy eating as well. Mm, Agreed. Yeah, where I feel like we need to learn to take away the morality with food. Food is not a moral issue. There's so many components to it, but healthy eating, there's so much judgment and expectation and like this moral goodness and badness around food that 
actually prevents you from being able to eat healthy because what we do when we feel stressed or overwhelmed is we need something to take the edge off and food gets into this vicious cycle of being the thing that takes the edge off, but then also this thing that you're trying to um, kind of shift in a different direction. So we end up just putting so much energy, positive and negative into food, and that's not helping us get to our goals at all. Before we continue this week's conversation, I'd actually like to talk to you about how I'm able to even have this conversation with you. And the reason I can is because of Zencaster. Let me first explain when I first started podcasting on my own at home, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know if I should interview people through the phone, through my computer, how do I do any of this? And it was actually a fellow podcaster that told me about Zencaster. Well, when I started my podcast at home, it was right before the pandemic hit. And Zencaster was offering this awesome platform where you could record virtually and they offered a free version. And I jumped on it. And I have been using Zencaster ever since. I have since upgraded to the professional option, which allows me to do my podcasting in an easier way. So what I mean by that is I'm able to take the episode that I'm recording and when it gets produced, I'm able to get the transcript, which equals show notes, which equals me not having to go back through, type out a bunch of stuff to talk about what is on the particular episode that I'm recording. And here's the great thing about Zencaster. You are able to try it for free. And again, I started out with the hobbyist account, which is the free version. So just know that there are options for you. But if you would like to try out the professional account, which is what I'm doing right now, here's what you should do. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code, two kids and a career. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences that I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And speaking of stories, let's get back to this week's conversation. Okay, well, how do we do that? How do we have a relationship with our body that is a positive one? Yeah, so the interesting part here is that it's one, I'm going to just say it's different for everyone. This is where it's not one size fits all. People will have to do different modalities and take different paths going in different directions. So I don't like the like step-by-step, this is step one, step two, step three. I can guarantee you'll have body acceptance and self-love if you do this program because it does look different for us all individually. But I will say that typically the most helpful thing is to get to neutrality. And I think that is where we skip over a lot of times. That is where I see we go from, I hate my body. And then we try to, through whatever modality, we try to get to, I love my body. And if you think about a mantra 
and people saying, I love my body, what happens is if you're in a place of feeling hatred or dislike of your body, and you're trying to force this thought of I hate my body, your brain will actually just start coming up with examples to show you all of the things that it dislikes about your body. So if you say, I love my body, a lot of us instantly are going to start thinking about wrinkles or cellulite or a muffin top or whatever our own issues are with our body, which doesn't feel good in our body. Our nervous system is not tracking along with us in a, this feels good, this feels safe. So getting to a place of neutrality where you can just see the body as this weird mixture of flesh and blood and bone in this scientifically very weird suit that we wear and then have this nervous system safety to explore openly this relationship with our body. That is such a beautiful place to be in and to then work towards body positivity. Okay. You just said nervous system neutrality. Is that what you just said? Or we've got kind of two things going on. Like the mentally, if we're focusing on the mental aspect, it's going to be neutrality about the body where we're seeing this as the physical components as it is versus this preconceived ideals of beauty and what a woman's body should look like. Well, how do you even begin to break down those barriers? Like, okay, I know you just said everybody is different. And so what my approach is definitely different than yours or my neighbors or my friends or coworkers. Um, But there is an overall theme, so to speak, of the beauty. Um, well, I guess we all figure out what we think is beautiful about a, a body. But I guess I'm confused. Like, how do you even begin to tackle that? Yes, it, it is so complicated. And this is where when I'm working with the client one-on-one, we're looking at specific beliefs, which can really help because we can evaluate each specific belief. And then you get to decide, is this true? Is this something I want to keep? Does this even make sense? And does this help me? And then you can accept or reject each specific belief. But in general, I will say often getting back to a perspective that's much farther away than where you are currently at in this Um, This is my body. This is our current society. If you can look at historically what has been seen as beautiful or what we have done with bodies, I often bring animals into everything because I'm such an animal person. So I tend to look at it as there are how many different breeds of dogs. And I might think a Saluki is beautiful. I might think a pug is beautiful. I might think a golden retriever is beautiful. Nothing about those dogs' body is inherently beautiful or ugly. And I like the pug as the example <laughs> because people seem to be very polarized on pugs. Yes. <laughs> I love all the wrinkles and the jiggle in there. I just think they're adorable. But some people think they're hideously ugly. And we are the same. We are mammals. We are just running around doing our thing. But we have all of these thoughts about our bodies that our dogs are not worried about. They're not wasting their mental time and energy worrying about their bodies like we tend to do. So it is, I understand that it's like this human thing, but from that advantage point, I think we can understand that we kind of created this and we can just reject literally all of it if we want to, that bodies have to look a certain way at all or that 
a certain look is ugly or beautiful. We get to decide for ourselves what is beautiful or that it doesn't even have to be beautiful. If you can't get to a place where you think, oh my God, my body is stunning. Can you get to a place where you feel like you would about your dog's body? I love it. It's amazing just as it is. There's nothing wrong with it. And I don't have to think it's beautiful if I have too much blocking me right now to think that. Before we continue, let's talk about one of the sponsors of the podcast, Elemental Aesthetics. And you can find more about Elemental Aesthetics online, elementalaesthetics.com. And while you're there, you can also check out their October specials. But we are getting ready to head into that crazy busy season, the holiday season, the hustle and bustle, the I need to do this and this and this and this and this, and I just don't have the time and the fatigue and the draining, and it just is a lot. And at Elemental Aesthetics, yes, they have things like Botox. They have things like Imsculpt. They have facials, they have massages, but they also have a really big focus on wellness. And there's so many different things that you can do to help with your wellness at Elemental Aesthetics. And they have the salt room, they have the infrared sauna. I mean, all of these things I could go on and on and on and on and on about in regard to how they can help with your wellness and your well being. I just encourage you to check it out. You can also be a part of their membership where you pay a certain amount a month and you get to choose these different treatments that you get. And that's part of wellness as well because you're keeping up to date with making sure that you are taking care of your mind and your body. So check out Elemental Aesthetics. And then when you go to elementalaesthetics.com and you book an appointment, tell them that I sent you. You're going to get a little swag bag just for mentioning my name. It's so super easy. Jill Devine, I sent you, get a little swag bag, elementalaesthetics.com. Let's get back into this week's conversation. I guess where I get a little weird about it, it all is that I appreciate all of this and love this, but then I get in my own head and I think, oh, the things that I notice about myself, probably nobody else notices. However, then I start looking and then I start noticing and then it's just, then I go back to, oh, well, they are noticing that and they are doing this. And it's, I mean, I don't know if that's um, a very, I don't know, is that narcissistic of me to think that people are seeing, I mean, a flaw in me, which I, I don't feel like that is, but I do feel like it's just this constant vicious cycle in my head. Mm -hmm. Yes, but no, it is not narcissistic, but it is also not your thoughts that are doing that. So a lot of our thoughts about most things were created before the age of seven because we have different brain waves from the age of seven on. Before age seven, we are basically in a somewhat hypnotic state and a lot of theta brain waves. So whatever messaging we receive, from the external world, we internalize about us. So a lot of this for women, especially is like, I need to take care of other people's emotions. I, it is important that I am cognizant of what other people think about me. And I change how I interact with the world so that I am perceived in a certain way. Oh, okay. So 
and this is <laughs> this is going to be exactly what you just said. Like now I'm like wanting to shift away from me and think about my daughters because they're five and three and how I get them to not be like me. Yes. And this is such a like powerful thing. A lot of times I tell parents, use your children. When your brain is stuck, when your brain can't seem to do it, can you shift the patterns by switching your thoughts? Yes. To your children. How do we want our daughters to interact with their body? We have yes. got a lot of junk that is programmed into us that we just believe that's hard to undo. But when we look at it with those fresh eyes of how do I want my son or daughter to interact with their body? Of course, I don't want them caring if other people notice that they have whatever thing about their body. Of course, that shouldn't matter. It doesn't determine their worth or their value or how beautiful they are in their eyes and my eyes, you know, which really is the only thing that matters is how they're feeling about themselves. So I guess the question is, I don't even know if it's a question, but like the the things that I am doing and saying about my body or my self-image, the girls are picking up on. And I really have to be conscious of how I approach myself so that they can start becoming, you know, what I don't, I don't want them to look at their bodies like I am right? myself. Right. And the answer is kind of yes and no there. So they have picked up on a hundred percent of all of it because our nervous systems track each other so well. So we try to hide stuff with food. We try to hide stuff with our body. And no matter if we've never said a single word externally, your kids are tracking and they know exactly how you feel about your body. Um, yeah. And I think for people that feels really bad, but really that's, that's a good thing to know that it's all like, we're all tracking each other energetically. So we're not, we don't need to spend the effort to try and cover things up anymore. And you don't have to say things that aren't age appropriate. You don't have to say, look, I hate my body and I blah, 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 and this about food. And I'm really stressed out about it. You don't have to do that, but we don't have to try and hide and cover up energetically from our children. All right. Then I'll ask about this example. So, you know, the swimsuit situation is always a thing. And I will say that social media, I I noticed a lot, at least this past summer, that a lot of women were like, hey, wear the swimsuit, make the memories, wear the swimsuit. And it wasn't just women who in my brain, in my mind, were, you know, the ones that looked a size zero, whatever. I know that that's just, that's a stereotype right now, but that's Mm -hmm. just where my brain is going. It it was women of all ages, all sizes, and I loved it. I remember getting some new swimsuits and trying them on. And I'll tell you what, if you want to feel so beautiful, you try those on in front of your three and your five-year-old. And I will say that what they said to me was just like, oh, oh my gosh, I want to see my body the way you see it. Mm. And then I would just thank them and I would I would go into my husband and I would be like, so what do you think about this? And he would say, you know, I like it. And I and and out of their sight and so that they couldn't hear, I would be like, 
but what do you think about this area? And I would point to my stomach because I didn't want them to see that I was asking him about that. And he was like, honey, you, you look good. It's good. And I would go back into the bedroom and I would look in the mirror and I'm like, just wear the swimsuit, just wear the swimsuit. So I, I was trying to not only work on myself by putting on a swimsuit and walking out in front of my daughters and my husband, but also trying to not let them hear the negative things that I was saying too. Yeah. And what I do want to point out is I love that you are working on that. I love that you are getting out of your comfort zone. You are doing something that felt uncomfortable and different because that's how we get progress. But by doing it in that way, it probably wasn't it healthy. Felt, well, I'm not going to say healthy, but it just feels like it wasn't maybe comfortable and safe to your nervous system. So if we don't have safety, if we don't have this feeling of safety for our own selves and we're pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, it actually tends to backfire because you're using so much effort trying to keep yourself feeling safe, which that's very vulnerable for you, that position. And also really it's about the self-judgment, working on the self-judgment because other people's self-judgment, the external judgment only can be there if the self-judgment is there. If you drop the self-judgment, naturally other people's judgment is not going to bother you at all. So they can say, it's like if someone had said to you like, oh my gosh, your hair is just so green. It looks really green to me. And you don't have that same issue. You have no issue thinking your hair is green. You're going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not a problem. So really what other people are reflecting back to us only affects us if we're, we've already internalized that messaging and we're believing that messaging. So if we can get to a place of rejecting that messaging, which first we do have to get to that place of neutrality where we can just see it as like, this is a little bit of like squishy tissue in my abdomen. It's actually like very good for my body to have a little bit extra here that's protecting my abdominal organs. It's a very nice pillow for my child to lay their head upon. Like <laughs> there are certain things yeah. we can do to kind of get to a place of not having that self-judgment, not needing to hide how we feel about our body. And it does feel so much better to even get to a neutral place where we just aren't disliking. We're just letting it be what it is. And then eventually growing it into a place where you have full radical body love, which doesn't mean that you don't have thoughts about your body. I will still have a thought come about my body like, mm, those boobs are a little saggy. Those aren't what they used to be. And I'm like, whatever. If I want to do something about it someday, I can. If I don't want to do something about it, they're great just how they are. Totally fine. Not a problem. Who cares if other people think my boobs are saggy? Who cares if they see that I have a flat, non-mom butt, whatever going on? Like, it's not a problem because I've developed that relationship with myself where I don't, I don't agree with the framework that has been set up for us for standardized beauty, essentially. Yeah, I wrote down working on self-judgment and coming to a neutral place. And those, I think, 
yeah, those are, those are triggering to me right now. Like not in a bad way, but in a way of like, how the heck do I get there? I mean, I know I can work with a coach on that. And, and, but I, I think, wow, that, that does have to be a powerful place to be. Um, and, oh, geez. Yeah. Then, and, but it also feels to me like I can't ever get there. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I, I totally understand the feeling exactly. I know where you are coming from and it feels like such a far place to go. If women want the first steps to do something on their own, what I highly recommend is just getting a little bit connected with your body. One of the easiest ways to do that, a lot of us have issues with our bellies, is to just before bed, take a little bit of oil or lotion or whatever, and just give yourself a belly massage Mm. just to connect with this area. And you'll start to notice like this is a powerful area in your body. This is where your womb is. This is where you create life. This is where you digest your food. This is where so many extremely valuable things and processes are happening in your body. And we don't give our abdomen any credit. We just look at it like, I want this flat. I want no fat on this thing whatsoever. And we don't see any of the good that's happening in our abdomen. And then one other practice that I highly recommend, this was really helpful for me in changing my relationship with my body, especially if, um, as being a gymnast, is to a lot of times we will say, go into the mirror, get naked and do mantras. I highly don't recommend that because I think it is going too fast and too far. It doesn't feel safe and it can be very triggering. But if you can just, after a shower, stay naked for a little bit longer. And I know if you have young kids, this is super hard. I'm talking like two minutes if you can. Like get out of the shower, dry off, and then just drop the towel while you're brushing your hair or brushing your teeth. Or if you want to put on makeup naked, or if somehow you have the luxury of like running into your bedroom and just cozying up in your blankets for five minutes naked and feeling the blankets on your skin, just getting back to feeling and seeing and being with your body naked without make it about trying to force anything to happen. Just starting to develop that relationship again. Well, that is something very interesting because you mentioned, you know, I know it's hard with little kids, but don't you feel, and and I, I know that you also mentioned earlier in this episode that sometimes when you do something and it doesn't feel safe, like my swimsuit, example that that could be a trigger too Mm -hmm. but I I am trying to work on that with the girls and I guess that this is different because it's girls maybe if it if it was little boys I don't know um but to do that to walk around a little bit after the shower like instead of hiding everything to be free and let them see that that's okay now do you agree with that? Like, I, what do you think about that? Oh, I love that. I think there is so much shame and guilt put into our bodies and covering up and hiding and modesty and all of these, um, you know, constraints that we've had that just don't 
feel good to us and they don't feel natural. The human body is very natural. And like, yes, we do want to protect our children from strangers and all of that stuff. But yes, like I love that idea and however it feels safe to you. So for someone that might be like, I'm wearing a tank top around the house. Usually I wouldn't be in front of my family in a, in a, anything less than a t-shirt or potentially just a bra or in underwear or whatever feels comfortable to you. Go with that where, um, you're not feeling weird. Cause again, your kids are going to pick up if this is like very uncomfortable for you, or this can also be around our menstruation, I think is a very powerful thing as well. Like you don't have to be taking tampons out and showing your children. You don't have to be taking menstrual cups out and showing, you know, your children, but is there a way you could take the next step in just being a little bit open about the process or, um, you know, mentioning that, you do have your menstrual cycle right now or however that feels comfortable to you to just start in a way that feels safe to you. It's funny that you mentioned that because I recently had this conversation with my mom and my sister. And when you have a three and a five-year-old, they are all up in your business. So I feel like that's the one thing that I'm like, whatever. Like, let's just talk about yeah, it. I love that. The bathroom is like the epicenter of the house. Yes, I get it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can I have some space, please? Um let me go back to the the naked part for me personally. Like I, when you said do stuff that you feel safe, because I will say that it's not always comfortable for me to do that. And so I'm hearing you say don't force that for me because of my mental, like it could really mess me up. But if I start slow and just keep working up to it, is that the way to do it? I love that. I mean, I think if there is trauma, if there is um, a lot of negativity around it, like finding support, whether it's physical modalities or mental mindset or therapy or finding, you know, potentially someone to help walk you through that. Because again, um, it's, it's kind of treacherous water to go into if you get in over your head. But yes, like even think outside of the box. How can I show my body love today? Do you literally, do you remember in like, I mean, middle school, like drawing stuff on your body? Can we just draw like a heart on your tummy? Can you um, do a temporary tattoo? A lot of women like to wear like a little belly chain. They make Etsy has all this beauty, beautiful body jewelry that you wear under your clothes. That's just for you. Or it could be wearing the mascara or wearing the lipstick or painting your nails or doing, but is there something that you can be start a practice of showing your body love in a way that's for you? That's not an external thing. It is for you to start showing yourself love. Oh, now I'm like really thinking about that. What is that thing? But yes, because when I start to love my body, then it's going to show and then it's going to help my girls love their bodies. Yeah. And such a beautiful thing to do together, you know, like getting little temporary tattoos of unicorns or hearts or stars or whatever they're into. And it can be something that you're together developing this, you know, relationship with your bodies that's loving and space for them to talk about anything or their fears. And that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to just kind of tap into before we wrap up, I mean, the the belly thing, you bring up such great points. Like it sucks that we do not appreciate our abdomen 
it sucks that we have this preconceived idea of what it should look like and what it should be. And gosh, I don't know how, but we have to change that way of thinking. We have to change that mindset of taking what I think people will say is a belly that is larger is means unhealthy. And I hate that so, so much. I do too, especially as a gymnast who is told to suck in your stomach a hundred times a day. The whole, that was like the main focus is have a strong core and suck in that belly. And guess what? That leads to a lot of tension that leads to a lot of GI issues that eventually led to my disordered eating. And I mean, yes, there is some safety where you have to have core strength in gymnastics, obviously, but I do think we are as a society starting to change all of it. And I like to look at other societies in the past. I always like to go into human history and just get my perspective out of now because we're so focused on what's happening this decade, what's happening in the last you know 100 years. We forget that humanity has been around for a long time. We've had societies that were matriarchal, well, many of them. We've had goddesses that were worshipped. We've had totally different interactions with the body. And potentially, if any of those things resonate with you, just kind of exploring to open up your brain um, into other ways to thinking about that relationship with your body. I really appreciate the advice and the tips that you provided. If someone wants to get a hold of you, Ashley, how would they do so? Yeah, my website is ashleydunwall.com. Ashley is spelled A-S-H-L-E-Y. Dunwald is spelled with two N's, so D-U-N-N-W-A-L-D. My Instagram is at Ashley Dunwald Coach. You'll find a ton of reels there. And my email is ashley at ashleydunwall.com. And yeah, I would love to just have a conversation with anyone about this stuff because I think it's so important and I will always do it from a place of safety. Oh, love that. And I will have all of that information on the show notes at jilldevine.com. And you said exactly what needs to happen, a conversation. A conversation needs to be had and it's not easy and it can be difficult, but the sooner we start the conversation, the better. We've got to start thinking about our next generation and our next mm-hmm. generation and our next generation and get that really changed and shift that mindset. So thank you so much, Ashley. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jill. It's been an honor to be here. All right, we are going to wrap up this week's conversation, but first, another little shout out to Elemental Aesthetics. Learn more at elementalaesthetics.com. I will tell you that one big thing that Elemental Aesthetics has that I think is awesome, and not a lot of people even know about it or even know that it's here in locally Missouri, is the Salt Room. Salt Room Therapy, oh my gosh, the benefits, you go on and on and on. So I suffer from eczema and it is brutal. There is nothing worse than, I mean, just that if you suffer from eczema, you understand this, but like that feeling of there's like things crawling on you and you're itching all the time and it hurts and then you end up scabbing and then that hurts and then the inflammation, it's awful. And one of the things to help with that is a salt room therapy. So really you just go and you sit in this room and you just relax. 
How easy is that? It's amazing. Great for your well-being. It is great for your skin. There's so many great things happening at Elemental Aesthetics. Check out ElementalAesthetics.com. Look at the October specials. Learn more about the infrared sauna, more about the salt room. And when you make an appointment, mention me and you will get a cute little swag back. And I would love for you to share this podcast with others. If you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, that helps get this into the hands of others. And you can also go to jilldevine.com and listen to every single episode. You can also follow me on all the social media outlets by visiting jilldevine.com. And I would love for you to reach out, say hello, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me what you'd like to hear on this podcast. Hello at jilldevine.com. As always, thank you for your support of Two Kids and a Career.